Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded, a podcast in the about. Oh, what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> keep it in, keep it in. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're a podcast where we bond over the drama and trauma in the Bachelor multiverse and throughout Western pop culture. Yeah. Hello. We're here in person this week. Yeah. But clearly not all here. I couldn't even get out the intro and I was reading it. You don't have to tell people that, that they can't see it unless they watch us on YouTube. Um, well, you can't see Jess unless you watch our YouTube feed. She has a snazzy new haircut, and it's so cute. Thank you. It's like a rockin' pixie. Yeah. How do, you, like, how do you feel? So good. I realized a long time ago that it's not that I have bad hair. I'm just poor, and I can't afford like hair extensions and you know all the things that it takes to like grow out long, luxurious locks, kind of similar to those we typically see on The Bachelor. Yeah. And now that I've just embraced that, short hair is totally my jam. It takes me like two minutes to do my oh hair. Oh my god! Don't tell me that. It's the incredible. other day. It was like the first. Well, I shouldn't say that. I will say this month is like the first time in probably since I've been growing out my hair that I've been like. I could chop it. Like I am so tired of my like tangly hair and how long it takes to do it and how much I don't want to wash it because then I have to do it. Yeah, actually that impedes my ability to shower because I'm just like, that means I have to deal with my hair after the fact and now it doesn't matter. I'm a cleaner person too. So it's probably just like good for me, good for everybody in my life. I saw a meme about it where this girl is like, well, I could wash my hair now, but I'm going to go to the gym later. So I shouldn't wash it till later. But then if I wait till later, then I should probably just wait till the next day. And then, you know what I mean? Like that is my life. Oh, that's always like, <laughs> mm, but if I'm going to work out tonight and if I get my workout done tomorrow and then I don't have a meeting until four. So really, I don't actually even need to wash it till Thursday and it's Monday. So yeah. And it's like, am I air drying it? Am I blow drying it? Am I doing it? Am I not doing it? Who knows? Yeah. Anyways, I do like my long hair. It's beautiful. You've done a good job. Thank you. But I also I'm it's a pain in the ass and I'm also like how much longer am I going to last? And I don't know. I'm not going to do like pixie cut, but like just looking at your hair, I can feel what it would feel like to like run my fingers through your hair in like a, you know, a platonic way. Yeah. Well, you're welcome <laughs> to. It's probably greasier than it looks though. <laughs> so cute. Well, thank you. Love the feeling of like running your hair, fingers through like freshly chopped hair. Oh, for sure. I've been doing that a lot. I guess this is a good point to start with. I want to give a shout out to the women this week for almost all of them wearing their hair up. They must have heard you. They did. Thank God. And they looked phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Gabby's like slicked back um, hair with the black leather dress and yes. the green blazer. Wow. Allie's really high ponytail. Yeah. What a badass look. Ugh. Loved it. So thanks, ladies. We yeah, got they, it together. They listened. They did. Um, we have a candy review this week. Yes. And I can tell by Mandy's frantic looking, neither one of us remember how to pronounce it. I do. I do. Okay. Go. So, so this is a Japanese candy. It's similar to a haichu, but it's not as easy to pronounce. It's pucho. Pucho. Spelled P-U-C-H-A-O, I think. But that might also be an apostrophe. Oh. We had to look up how to pronounce it, but it's kind of like a high chew, fruity chew, and then it has like little gummy pieces inside the chew. And then every so often, it claims to be fizzy, though it's sporadic, but then there are little like fizzy tabs. So it's like it's trying to evoke the, um, the sensation of like a soda in yeah. your mouth or a pop. We're going to post a picture of the candy in our um, Instagram stories if you're following us, but I really like them. I like the the interesting texture of the high choo-choo versus like the little gummy ball because sometimes it like separates in your mouth. Mm -hmm. I like it because it's a little bit chewier even than a high chew. So it slows me down a little bit. Yeah. Wears me out faster. I can't quite <laughs> get as much in. <laughs> it's a little bit more um, mouth work. Yeah. You have to earn all of those feels in your mouth. But Jess picked them up at Harmon's so you can get them there. Yeah. Harmon's is actually where I've seen them. Yeah, but they're really good. I, I highly recommend them. Yeah, they're a fun. If you like high chews, you should definitely try these. So 
Uh, candy review done. Let's oh, wait. Talk- I have to do my song. Oh, okay. Wait. Time out. We did not do a candy review. Candy review with Manny and Jess. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now we did it. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what do you think of this episode? <laughs> you know, I think I was actually thinking about this because I this episode was fine. Um, a lot happened. I think I realized that the flow of The Bachelor is I don't like the first episode. Mm-mm. And then like two, three, four, five is usually like lots of drama, too many women, lots of crazy. And then the more real it all gets, once we get narrowed down to a few women and it's higher stakes and it's less fun, I think I just start liking the show less. Yeah. And because I, I was thinking about it, like, why didn't I like this episode? And I had to process that. And I think that's why. I think it's just like less fun now because it's just getting more serious. That makes me feel better because I was like somewhere between week one and week five, I became not funny. Like, I don't even know what to say for these episodes anymore. <laughs> but then I'm like, maybe it's not me and it's the show. I think that's, I think that's true. Uh, yeah. So it was fine. You know, they went pretty places. Every city is apparently a very romantic city. Yeah, you can fall in love anywhere, I guess. Yeah. Um, I do want to start with, um, well, two things. First thing is, if you and Saul first, Joe and I, (laughs) on that like wife carry race. Oh my God. Who would win? (laughs) I think we have different strengths. (laughs) I think so too. Who's carrying who? Saul's carrying you. Joe's carrying me. That was a, uh, listen, you have pegged a group of very competitive people, <laughs> know, especially in this, in this arena. Um, Saul will probably die before he would lose. And I think my life is also expendable. So I'm going to put our money on us just because Saul is willing to go all in. But I could also see Joe being so scrappy. And I know you would be screaming at his butt harder. Like he'd feel it. It would like reverberate through his body. So I, I don't actually know. I mean, oh, I want to say Saul and I, but I do think it's, it, it could be anybody. What do you think? I don't know, but I really enjoyed thinking about it. And so, I mean, this probably won't happen because it's going to snow for the rest of our lives. But maybe yeah. when it's nicer weather, we should just like do, we should record us doing a... <laughs> the, we just need to set just up some try cones. it out. Yeah. <laughs> and we, you know, just to see, report back. Yeah, but they did it on like soft grass with other like hay bales and stuff. Yeah, and they had to, to like wear helmets. Part. Yeah, I think all of that is necessary. Yeah, I could wear a bike helmet. Same, I have okay. one. Okay. Or motorcycle helmets, we could put those on. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I laughed hard thinking about it because I know we're all so competitive. I also just have issues being the one being carried. I take exception. I don't think, I think I'd be fine with that. As long as Joe is able to, like, maintain me in a good position. For sure. Yeah, so I would have to be. Yeah. And I think, like, in reference to our partners, we're kind of similar as far as, like, weight distribution. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I just think, like, it seems about even. Yeah, Saul's heavy legs around my neck would actually work really well. Because I would just lean forward and fall into it. And as long as we had momentum and balance, I think I would be okay. You know what's going to happen is we're both secretly going to try and <laughs> see how it goes. Oh, yeah. I'm picking Saul up tonight. I'm going <laughs> to give him a whirl around the coffee table. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, and this the next thing I wanted to bring up was... um. At the beginning of the episode, Zach's talking to Jesse in like a coffee shop or something. And mm-hmm. he's like, I, I said, he's giving a cringy review of all of the women. For some reason, this kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I don't know why, because it's very obvious throughout the show that he is dating, you know, multiple women. I think in my head, I'm able to like compartmentalize his relationships with each woman. But all of a sudden when he's like listing them out, like a laundry list of like, I like this about so-and-so. And and you know, so-and-so's great because she's really intelligent and so beautiful. And then there's so-and-so who's just like so genuine. And it just, there's something about (laughs) that that is so cringy to me. It's like, I don't, 
like if I was one of the women, like, please don't talk about how you feel about me and then like move on to how you feel about someone else. Yeah. In like a it, casual coffee conversation. Yeah, it's it, it it lends itself to that whole idea of like pitting women against each other and, you know, trying to stack up which traits are gonna be the most ideal woman. And it that's never a good feeling, you know? Like we're just yeah. Yeah, don't compare. And I, I get why they asked that question, but also maybe Jesse should come up with a different question. Like figure out a way to get Zach to talk about different women in different contexts, but not just like, yeah, a laundry list of attributes that he likes. Yeah, I don't know. I was just like, ugh. Yeah, that wasn't great. Um, also, I found it really funny that Greer now has COVID somehow, <laughs> but none of the other women did. Also, Zach being, you know, oh, well, how is she? Is she okay? Please tell her I hope she gets well soon. And Jesse being like, that will mean a lot to her. And it's like, does Zach even like Greer? No. I was thinking about that awkward interaction, um, again, from when uh, Zach had COVID and they were doing the Zoom time. And I was just thinking, like, if you really liked someone... You wouldn't react the way he did. No, he was clearly annoyed. You're too early in the relationship. Everybody's in exactly. that honeymoon phase where you're going to let a lot of things slide. Yeah. And the fact that he doesn't want to let that slide with Greer just tells me like she's already rubbed him wrong and that connection just doesn't exist anymore. Like it's it, it was hot and heavy and it burned out just as fast. Yeah. And it's weird because we didn't see it. You know, we didn't really see any transition from like first impression rose to like, um, you know, bad reaction via Zoom. But I just think that if you really liked someone, you're very, you're much more accommodating and forgiving and you're, I don't know, like you said, it's, it's fresh, it's new, it's exciting. And the way he responded to her, and maybe, I don't know, maybe he was sick, maybe he was frustrated, all these things, but still, like she was just trying to relate to you and you like laid into her very unnecessarily. Oh yeah, not a, <laughs> yeah. And so it is surprising to me that Greer is not only still here, but still here after the end of this episode where other women went home. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Okay, on Rachel and Gabby's season, when um, Logan had COVID, mm -hmm. or supposedly did, didn't he just go home? Yeah, um, this is unsubstantiated rumors, so nobody quote me as like, this is the truth. Uh, but from what I've read... It was Logan got COVID because he was fooling around with women outside of. I have not heard that. Gabby. Like that he got COVID basically. Um, yeah. Not, not in a. You can't see my face right now, but my jaw was like. Yeah. Open. But I don't know. Something happened to where Gabby just was like, peace out. Like, because he didn't even get any sort of like Logan was just gone. Right. And I think it, I, I suspect that production also probably had a hand in that um so yeah I I know that that was handled differently I think these are different scenarios but it also still surprises me because of like he does it, it's so clear he's not into Greer at this point so like what are we doing wasting her time is it just because she they can't load her on a plane and send her home so just like out of courtesy they have to pretend she's staying but it seems like they could just say goodbye I don't know I mean I know that Allie wasn't going to be in the top four, but I thought that Zach had more of a connection with Allie than he did with Greer. And I thought it was weird that we weren't even like addressing the fact that Greer wasn't an option to send home. Yeah, know? she just got a pass for the week. That's pretty big, especially this late in the game to just stay. But also, if you can rig an entire virtual rose ceremony, why can't she be like a part of the rose ceremony via Zoom? Ooh. I don't know. You no, know what I mean? I, I agree. It was it was really weird. And it was also weird when she popped up in the next week thing. And I was like, oh, right. Greer oh, yeah, is still, still here. here. I don't know. Not a fan. Weird. Um, but Charity, I guess, you know. Gets she got her date. Finally. Very happy for her. Me too. That was awesome. Good for Zach. And I'm glad that, you know, she didn't just like get skipped over. Right. Before Charity goes on her date, though. Oh, yeah. We have our little awkward moment. Kat decides that she needs to see how Zach's doing, so she pulls him. Um, they share some kisses and then come back, and Zach is acting really sheepish. And apparently has lip gloss on his lips. I love that Gabby was like, I'm a very observant person. <laughs> and I don't think he put that lip gloss there himself. Thanks, Gabby. <laughs> no, I was like, you're funny, but also you do recognize that that is not 
necessarily being observant because I think everybody else also saw that. She's basically Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, But that didn't really go over well with the women. Well, Zach appreciated it. Oh, yeah, big time. I was trying to think in past seasons if I've ever seen that happen. I don't, I, so far, I don't think I've come across it. I know I'm limited, but. Yeah, I don't think I can remember that happening. And on the one hand, you know, this late in the game, they're getting closer to um, hometowns. You know, this ends in an engagement. So in that aspect, it's like, do what you got to do. You know, like if you have the guts to take a shot, like take a shot. Yeah. But on the other hand, it is disrespectful to the woman going on a date, in this case, Charity, and even more so disrespectful to Charity because she's already had to wait as long as she has, considering her date date got delayed from COVID. I don't know. Well, and then the other thing that I want to say too there is I think Charity, as a black woman, probably doesn't feel comfortable in a situation like that either where, you know, white women get prioritized in terms of like beauty standards and sort of like the 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 type that men pursue. And so I think it also puts her in this awkward situation of like not being able to say anything. And I do think we're not feeling comfortable enough to say something cause problems because she can also then I think get portrayed as an angry black woman, even though, you know, yeah. that's not a fair representation. And at least initially, I was kind of glad that Brooklyn was like, that was not cool. Yeah. And called attention to it because I don't know if Charity would have felt comfortable enough to call Kat out for that. So that doesn't seem like Charity's personality. No, it doesn't. She's very classy. She is. And, you know, I, yeah. I, she I wish she didn't. stayed out of the drama the whole episode. She, I know. For her being the focal point of it. Yeah she really rose above and actually that is the exact way to handle that I know it's miserable and it doesn't feel good to like sit back but she and not saying that you should but it does pay off in this show to stay out of the drama so I think that was honestly the best move on her part and then she got to go on a really fun date with Zach Uh, did you hear when Brooklyn I don't remember if this was before or after the date but when Brooklyn was kind of calling Catherine out, she said, would you have interrupted Jess's date if it was her one-on-one? And I think that she was kind of implying what, you know, what you were saying. Yeah. Like, why are you choosing to do this when it's charity? Yeah. Would you have been so bold to do this with one of your white female counterparts? Yeah. I, in the heat of the moment... I think Brooklyn was right to call it out. Oh, for sure. Right? And again, when it happens later at the group date, when Catherine's like, she kind of deflects, and she's like, I don't want to do this before the date. And she's like, you literally did that to charity. You know? <laughs> yeah, how and does it feel? So I do think there's a couple of moments where it's like, somebody needed to call her out on her bullshit. And, but Brooklyn kind of takes on charity's battle and just is kind of, dude, she's just revving. You know, and in some ways, God bless Brooklyn. And we all need that girlfriend in our life that is just like, no. Not only no, but hell no. And her little one-liner zingers were pretty funny. (laughs) If that shoe fits, lace that bitch up. My God. No. Thank you, Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, she's great television. I will say that I think, yeah. I just think she should have just called it out and then let it be. Yeah, she, I think, in some ways made it worse overall. And we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, let's talk about Charity's date. I think that date looked really fun. I love that they tried to play it off like it was just a casual hackman's happenstance thing that they came across this, this wife carrying. I know, like the barbecue. <laughs> oh, we just happened upon this scene. This family barbecue we're going to join in on. Mm-hmm. Uh, We'll just randomly volunteer to be a part of this sporting event. Yeah. (laughs) And then Zach just took off and ran like the wind. That was pretty awesome. Did you catch Jesse standing there watching too? I didn't. Yeah. Jesse was standing there with sunglasses on and a cup in his mouth and was like clapping as, you know. I'm like, yeah, sure. They just found this. Yeah. Um, But that that was really fun. I think that's like, those are the kind of dates where you do get to see people's personalities more and like Charity rose to the occasion and Zach was like, we're definitely not losing. And so you know that Zach's competitive. Charity's down for whatever. That was really fun. Like, give us more dates like that. Yeah. 
Hell yeah, Charity. Way to hold on. I do think she didn't have the best tactic, though. The other woman was, like, grabbing her own legs and, like, oh, shit. holding herself down so that she was more sturdy. You're so perceptive. I'd now I want to win. like you're going to have better <laughs> strategies than me and Joe. Damn it. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> Never mind. Um, so that was really fun. The, the taking the shot with the, the hand overhead and the, 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 the foot over the knee. Oh, yeah. With the pepper that alcohol. terrible. Both of their faces. Yeah, that did not look great. But that's a good bonding experience. That was still really fun. Yeah. And then we have, like, the token dinner portion. What the fuck is going on with the men that these women are dating? Like, I have concerns. This is too much. Yeah, every it's been almost every woman. Every story has been awful. So was she alluding? So I know that she was in a relationship where there was some infidelity. Um, I kind of had a hard time tracking with what she was saying, but it seemed like she was in- insinuating that he was unfaithful with one of her friends or someone that she, she knew. knew. Yeah, and then not only that, you know, was manipulative in a way that made her feel like she was not able to talk about it either, so she couldn't, like, confide in anybody, and especially, you know, her mom, she had to keep it a secret and felt... Aww. And ended up feeling, like, a lot of shame for not... for For hiding that, you know, but also not being able to be forthcoming about it. And like, again, another situation where it's like, I want to take that shame from you. That's not yours to feel. Oh that's gosh, whoever. That's so toxic. This dickhead, you know, that's his problem, not yours. Like, oh, I hate this for these women. Yeah, and the fact, I think she said that she felt shame and regret. And while, you know, from personal experiences, I understand where that shame stems from. Oh, yeah. It's, in retrospect, it's like, why are we the ones feeling shame in those moments yeah and I know it's kind of about like your self-worth and like you know what love you're worthy of and all of these things but man in retrospect it's like fuck that guy for making me feel that yeah and you know the other thing I want to touch on with that too I hate when people are like oh well I wouldn't be who I was if it wasn't for all this you know adversity you know what? You don't have to become a diamond. There's nothing wrong with rocks. Rocks are really fucking cool. We can just be rocks on this beautiful earth. Like and we don't. Tough. Yeah, we don't need to go be put in situations to become diamonds. Like imagine if we were, if everybody was able to live a life where they were loved and treated with respect and kindness, and you didn't have people disrespecting you and your boundaries. You know, and and who you could be if you experienced nothing but an abundance of goodness rather than you know, trying to forge through all of this shit to, like, maybe come out the other side something better. Like, oh, I hate that. Like, we shouldn't need to endure to be a better person. And it makes me sad to hear women say that. Like, I don't know. I just don't think you should have to go. Anybody should have to go through hard times to become who they are. That's that's not a fair – like, I hate that for her. I wish that that were different. It's also really common – in religions, you know, like I survived this trial and because of that I am stronger and my faith is stronger and, you know, God wanted me to do this, you know, God put me through this because I needed to learn something or I was supposed to get X, Y, Z out of it. And the thing is, is after you experience something that's so traumatic, um, you know, it takes a lot of time and energy to heal from it, but that experience never goes away. It's like physically a part of you. Right. You just learn how to carry it better because of what you've gone through. Like you have to manage it because the world doesn't let you (laughs) not experience it. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. That just, just the thought that I had about all that. I hate that. And it makes me sad for, you know, everybody, but particularly, you know, Brooklyn, Charity, Kat, like, man, everybody has had terrible experiences. Yeah. It's, It's heartbreaking. I did want to highlight something Zach said. Yeah. He, at the end, um, he was trying to relate to her and her experience. Um, and he said something like, I only did what I thought someone else would want. And I thought this was interesting just because I, like, while I think it's great that Zach has that self-awareness and he feels like he's grown from it, I do think we still see that in Zach. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, And don't get me wrong. I don't know what it feels like to be the lead. I don't know what it feels like to be on a television show. So I think there, there is naturally 
in that environment, you're kind of being a very performative version of yourself. Yeah. But I also think Zach is especially, um, I don't know, straight edge. He's very clean. He's very thoughtful. He's very calculated. And sometimes I just want to be like, Zach, do something that you don't think we want you to do. Like, just be yourself. And maybe that was him responding to Greer, right? Yeah. Maybe that was the less polished, true version of Zach. But I just thought it was interesting that he kind of referenced that as in like, oh, this is who I used to be in past relationships. And I kind of still feel like we're seeing a version of that now. I think that's so hard, though. I mean... I think that's what got Clayton in trouble. I think that's what got Rachel in trouble. I think that that is like, by and large, you. I think you had used the term neutering people's personalities. Uh, I think this show is, because, you know, they're also aware that they're on television and they're, they're assuming this role is a lead. And we as an audience also have expectations of them. And, you know, the audience has definitely put leads through the crucible before. Oh, for sure. And I think... Zach is all too aware of that and it's hard to distance himself from knowing that he is going to be held accountable. And that's what, like, I mean, I think that's what made Caitlin Bristow so cool is like she just continued to do her and the backlash was immense and Zach doesn't seem like somebody who's got, um, I don't know what the word would be, but he doesn't seem like he's prepared to handle that backlash. And so, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna play the dutiful part of a good bachelor. Yeah, and I think... Um, was it on Gabby and Rachel season where we talked about how some bachelorettes are like the first lady and some of them are cowgirls? Yes. Yeah. Well, Zach is definitely trying to be the president of the United States. He is not a cowboy. <laughs> he can be a first lady. Okay. He can be a first lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's playing the part of the first lady. Um, definitely not getting those boots too dirty. No. And that's not really a criticism. No. It's more so just like a, just something I was thinking about no, because I don't, he made that comment. I don't think it's, it's it's a criticism, but it is definitely true. I think that it's still, Zach is showing us moments, but there's still a few and far between. Yeah. And he's more performative than, than we're really, I don't know. We still don't know Zach. I think things are gradually going to get a little messier just because of, relationships getting more serious it'll be interesting to see a less polished version of him yeah i'm excited about that always a fun time uh is there anything else about charity's date um i loved her black dress and high pony oh yeah another good very hair cute. up yeah it's a great look here for it she looks smoking um group date what a weird group date <laughs> I don't know how I feel about Estonian witches. Yeah, that whole thing was so awkward. And like, I get that they're kind of looking for local people. So it's not like this woman is used to being on TV, you know, but I just wonder like how they find these people. That's fair. And also, is this person a witch or is it someone that they hired to play this role? Right. They're like, we're going to give you all these really cool things. Just tell them you've been a witch for like, I don't know, 20 years. <laughs> Uh, and make them do weird shit. shit. Yeah. Sage their armpits, hold hands, cleanse their vibes. Look through a flame. Poor Jess. And that flame just went right oh out. Oh, my God. And then Katie and Zach just googly-eyed the whole time. Like, that was a little much for me. I don't know. It was a bizarre afternoon date. I love when they were walking up and you get a glimpse of how well the women know each other because someone was like, Allie, are you scared? She doesn't like scary things. <laughs> yeah, I caught that too. That's so funny. <laughs> I loved that. Also, not all witches are scary. That's true. Um, but then, you know, the uh, I feel like I don't really have much to say about the daytime. Um, but the group date, obviously. The, well, we the night start portion. seeing Jess unravel. Yeah, and we've seen Jess unravel at the beginning too when she doesn't get the group or when she realizes yeah. she doesn't get the the one-on-one. And to be fair, she's she's not wrong. She's spot on. Like if you haven't gotten a one-on-one, you're not making it to hometowns. Oh, yeah. And that's a perfectly reasonable thing to understand and like conceptualize like if you don't date Zach you're not going to get far <laughs> yeah and so I thought it was so interesting when she brings us to his attention oh. and I feel like despite you know she's anxious she's worked up she's nervous um 
I feel like she tried to communicate in as like calm and reasonable way as possible initially. She did. And she was trying to like understand where Zach was coming from and like not attack him, but just explain that like this is what I feel. You haven't done something wrong, but also I'm feeling really insecure and left out because I am the only one here that has not had a one-on-one. And, you know, Zach poo-pooing her felt really just shitty because she's not wrong. Like, When you're on those group dates, we've seen it over and over. Women come and are like, oh, hey, I'm going to steal you. So what is Jess supposed to do? Sit there and open up about whatever trauma she's endured, knowing that in two minutes she's going to have to suck it up and get up and walk away? Like, no, Zach, you need one-on-one time for her to feel comfortable to open up and to have that space to talk something like that out completely and fully. And also Zach coming from a place of like, it's not about a one-on-one. I just wanted to be like, Zach, how would you fucking know? You got an early one-on-one in Rachel's season. You got Actually, you got two one-on-ones in Rachel's season. So you don't know what that feels like. And yeah, you actually have to spend a day with someone in order to take that next step and meet each other's families. Yeah. So of course she's insecure. Of course she's nervous. Of course she's frustrated. And he did nothing to really validate her or make her feel understood. He made her feel worse because he basically acted like she was wrong and like attacking him for implying that, you know, she hasn't had that opportunity to really be vulnerable. I was really disappointed in Zach and that. Like Me too. I think this is the turn in the season where we do start to dislike the leads I think I don't know exactly what's going on if they're just too exhausted and too self-absorbed at that point to like really um, sympathize or even empathize with with the women or, you know, the, the other contestants. But it's always really disappointing. And it seems to kind of happen like clockwork. The leads become pretty unlikable. Um, yeah, that's a very good observation. And we know that Zach was going to send her home because it felt I mean, obviously, we don't know what happened because of editing. But it felt like as soon as things got like slightly confrontational and uncomfortable, Zach was like, I don't know how we're going to work through this. Oh, yeah. He was like, I I suddenly have no confidence. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. wow. That was on shaky ground anyway. (laughs) And then he was, you know, like, okay, see ya. Wish things were different. (sighs) Do you? Yeah, no. And that's also the other weird thing. I thought it was bizarre that Gabby was saying that she's, you know, telling Jess that Jess is still here for a reason. And I I struggled with that. I'm like. But Gabby, you know that's not true because Zach has to keep women around because he can't just send everybody home. Like he does have to string people along. And it does suck when these women start to realize that they're the people that are getting strung along. Totally. I remember the first season I watched and it was Brendan Q or Brandon. I don't know. He was kind of a a nobody on Katie season. But he recognized that. And he was just like, I'm one of the last people here and I don't even know why I'm still here. Like, I've not had a date with Katie. I've had no time. And when he went and talked to her, she's like, yeah, there's probably nothing here. And, like, I do think that that is, unfortunately, like, you do become collateral damage of the show because they can't – leads aren't supposed to just send everybody home. Yeah, they can't just keep their top four. Right. So there is a level at which, you know, I think – Jess particularly was picking up on it and Zach was trying to, like, play the charade and then finally just couldn't do it anymore. And it sucks. It sucks to see those women hurting. I just wish that he would have taken a little bit more accountability. Oh, totally. And that could have gone such a long way to just be like, I am so sorry. And I understand, you know, how you're feeling. And unfortunately, like, I just have stronger connections with other women. Yes. And a million times over. Yeah. And like, that would have. Be a man. That would have. Oh, sorry. Be an adult. <laughs> be, yeah. An adult that communicates clearly. <laughs> Jesus. I did appreciate that she in her in the car. I'm so glad that she wasn't just like, you know, a crying mess. I love that she was like validating herself and speaking her truth. Oh, and I know that she was like, if I'm going to marry somebody, they should be wanting to go on a date with me. And yes. like, yeah, everything she was saying. I was like, just yes, 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 yes. You are going to be just fine. She's beautiful. She's kind. She's clearly intelligent. Like she's got so many things going for her. She's going to be a okay. Yeah, and if she didn't want to fight for him, you probably shouldn't go on a show and you know where you're dating the same guy as thirty other women. Yeah, that's intense. Because you are going to have to do some fighting. You got to fight. <laughs> Ask Cat. <laughs> it might not be physical. Might be emotional or mental. But there's going to be some fighting to some degree. <laughs> yeah, and like you do have to be pushy. 
And there's just kind of no way around that. And that's okay if it's not the right environment for her. You know, she might do better in like paradise or something. But <gasps> just in paradise would be amazing. Yeah, she'd probably do way better on the beach. I'm so excited for paradise. I'm sorry you guys have to just hear us say that week in and week out. But paradise is really where it's at. Yes, we're here for it. Yeah. Uh, so group date. And then Zach was just kind of done. He, he didn't want to hang out anymore, which I think was a bummer for all everybody else. Um, but I don't, not much else happened. Yeah. Everybody looks smoking. Oh my gosh. The dresses this week were so good. So good. Hair was good. Jewelry was good. Accessories. Like they brought it. Katie was wearing this, I think it was like a dark green satin dress. Yeah. With like the little straps, but I swear it fit her body like a glove. Yes. I've wondered, Jess's dress similarly had a really oh like, the black one yeah no she looked phenomenal i'm just gonna say it everybody's boobs I and mean, it's probably a byproduct of being in your mid-20s but everybody's boobs just sat so nicely without obviously needing a ton of help getting there <laughs> how many girls do you think have real boobs oh, that's such a good question i I don't care either way. I no, just I don't know. either. Actually, I forget sometimes that plastic surgery exists. And I'm just like, oh, man, look at all these great bodies. And I'm like, oh, right. But also, I have no idea. I'm not a good person to guess. The only way that I know that you can tell is if somebody can flex one boob at a time. <laughs> it's a lot easier to do that if you have fake boobs. I think it's a little easier to pick it out in paradise because everyone's in a bathing suit. You know? No. Oh, really? You're going to have to walk me through this. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I, don't, I mean, I, don't, I guess I probably do know. I don't know, know I probably, if I'm always right, though. Yeah. That's a good question. Hmm. I don't know. I usually just, it's hard not to notice boobs. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a boob gal. Um, but also, I, I don't discriminate. So I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to like, I, I just, I'm an equal opportunist. Yeah. I mean, put my face in anybody's boobs. It's fine. Just like. <laughs> Fake, real, I'm here for it. I was going to say, fake or real, everyone's boobs looked great. Yeah. <laughs> no, everybody's that dress, though. Yeah. Um, since we're talking about dresses, I think my favorite dress of the episode was Catherine's long sleeve black plunge sparkly one at the rose ceremony. You would look great in that. Oh, my God. You've liked Catherine's style from the beginning. It was her dress that she wore on night one, too, that you thought yeah, was the, the best. Yeah, the dark red gauzy one. She has good taste. Yeah. Everybody's dressing really phenomenally. I'm I'm here for it. Um, so then we move on to Ariel's one-on-one, which was bizarre. It was bizarre. So up until this point, we haven't really gotten to know Ariel very well. Mm -mm. And all we know is that Zach basically wants a boner. Yep. Um, he just loves making out with her. Doesn't want to do a lot of chit-chat. And so going on this date, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't either. Which is why I didn't pick her in the Bachelor Fantasy League. Because part of me was like, I could see this being the moment where Zach is like, we don't have a lot in common other than we love to suck each other's faces off. And Which, to my surprise, though, they like really got along and did have good conversation. I think we had a couple of great Ariel moments before the date, like when her and Catherine were talking about what Catherine did to charity. Yes. I thought Ariel handled that conversation very well. Right. Not confrontational, but direct. Yeah. So Catherine was kind of sitting there and kind of deflecting and giving reasons of like why she did what she did Excuses. and how it was because of COVID and she wouldn't do it normally. And I felt like Ariel just very calmly like stuck to her guns and called her out on her shit. Yeah, she's like, but you did do it. Yeah, and respect doesn't really shift. Yeah, and I think that was a totally valid point. And you know, I want to say Kat, mm, she doesn't seem like she's picking up what anybody's putting down, but at the same time, she seemed like she was receptive. Like she wasn't not yeah. doing it. I just don't know if Kat's the brightest crayon in the box. And I, <laughs> I don't say, like everybody's got their things. It's okay. But, like, she just doesn't seem to be taking in information and then being able to change. I had the her. same thought. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she she's not very 
malicious, you no. know? And she's just surprised at people's reactions. I mean, maybe, you know, I guess she could be a narcissist or I guess she could be faking or I guess she, she could be acting. But she genuinely just seems surprised that people are so upset. For sure. We'll get back to her too. Okay. But I agree. Ariel handled that so well. Yeah, I just wanted to highlight that because I think that was another example of getting to know Ariel a little better. And I love the way she handled herself in that moment. Well, I also want to say that that like going back to if it wasn't last episode, the episode before where she went and checked in on Zach after some shit went down. Yeah. I just feel like she's got really good self-awareness and good like she's she's good at reading the room and other people, too. She's thoughtful. And that can be really – that's a hard trait, I think, to come across, especially on this show. And somehow, like, she's clearly thoughtful to an extent where it's actually coming through on the show. Yeah. I will admit, I have a crush on Ariel. I, after this date, I was like, you would be in my top four. Uh, I just thought – I think she's so eloquent. I think she's so intelligent. I think she's very self-aware. And I think she's um, – there's just something mysterious about her. Like, she's – she's kind of always hiding a smile, especially when she talks, like the way that her like, the side of her lips turn up, it's like- The Mona she, Lisa. Yeah, like she has a joke and you never get to know it. I mm -hmm. don't know. There's something just very sexy and sneaky about her that I can't figure out. No, I, I think so too. And she really rolled with this date. Um, I hate these dates where they force nudity or really skimpy clothing on the contestants and the lead. Yeah. I just feel like, you know what, if you want to be naked and you feel good about that, by all means, take your clothes off, you go for it. But like, if people don't feel good about that, that just feels so awkward. And then them like shoving this creepy older naked couple. It was a nudist spa or a nudist colony. I don't know where they were exactly. It seemed like a spa. Yeah. Um, a sauna. Sauna, yeah. I just, it like... I don't know. It just feels sort of weird to me. And like you're intentionally trying to make people uncomfortable and that just doesn't – it can be fun, but maybe only once you have a better relationship. Yeah, like that's it's also detracting from their time together. Right, because you are also then trying to like stuff down your own embarrassment or discomfort potentially at, you know, somebody else's dick being in your face. Like you're not – you're not set up for the best possible time, but she – she handled that with grace. Like she, did. she rolled with that. And I thought she was lovely. She's, she just, and you know, it's weird to me that she didn't get a dinner date, that they just got like a plate of like what fruit and. Yeah, like, it was during the day. Right. I like, does it just stay light longer there? Like what is happening? Why didn't they get dinner? That was I so that was weird too. bizarre to me because it also felt rushed. But, you know, her opening up and saying that she's had a really hard time finding somebody, um, where she can be herself, I think that speaks to, at least how I read that is I think she can be really empathetic and kind of knows what people need from her and is able to fill that role. Yeah. And is really looking for somebody who she doesn't always have to take on that emotional labor with, that she can also have somebody read her and know what she needs and let her be her. Yes. Um, And I was like really heartbroken when she said that she's tired of being alone that like that hurt me and me hey uh. I I mean we'll see what happens because the rest of the season is pretty loaded but as of right now I think Ariel would make a really interesting bachelorette just because she has such a different personality from most people we see on the show so I think her season would be very different yeah, I would love that. And I think she's like, I think she's very confident and her energy would be interesting around a lot of men. Yeah. <laughs> I think she would just have them all wrapped around yeah, her finger. Ooh. Um, Zach said something towards the end of the date that I was like, uh, maybe that's nice, but also what he said, the maturity you carry yourself with excites me. <laughs> well, because she's not 23. She's two years older than him she's almost 30 i know but i also was like is that don't get me wrong being called mature is a compliment but when you're like in the throes of like making out with each other and saying i would be so bummed i'd be like so i'm your mother <laughs> i was like is that what you want to hear i don't know no that i is mean not... she is mature compared to some of the other women but i don't want him to whisper that in my ear no, that's like, what's that guy that was on Katie's season that was whispering to her as they're like cuddling on a couch, Mike? 
was like telling Katie that Katie reminded him of his mom. Oh, yes. Kind of those vibes where you're just like, this is not the thing to tell somebody. Like, not in this moment. Think it. Don't say it. Yeah. Uh, Uh, So that was... That was a fun, weird, I guess. I don't know. It was fun because she handled it well. It was not a fun date. Like, I wouldn't want to go on that date, but... I would have wanted to go on the date without the older nude couple. Right. And let them... And they did get to decide whether they wanted to take their swimsuits off or not. And, like, that was... Thank God for that. But, yeah, the other couple just felt like... Yeah. This is this is not helping. And then everybody's just making out in the hot tub. I'm like, I'm uncomfortable and I'm not even there. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you after Ariel's date, who do you think the top four is now? Because my thing is... Somebody asked this because I had to go back and review my top four again. <laughs> every time Zach goes on a one-on-one, I'm like, oh, this woman, top four. And I will say, I have no idea who the fuck wins. I definitely think Katie is a contender. But I think this season is unique, whereas I have no idea what's going to happen. He is creating such intimate connections with so many women that I'm having a hard time reading who's even going to go to hometowns. Yeah, I I would agree with that completely. Um, and you're right. He's He's doing almost too good of a job. In these one-on-one dates, connecting with these women. And like good for him for – I have a feeling Katie – for me, Katie and Gabby still feel like really strong frontrunners to me because he's indicating to them that like their connections are really important and he wants them to know that. And it sort of feels like he's seeking them out and letting them know that he's seeking them out even in group settings. I think Katie and Gabby are definitely both going to hometowns. Yeah. Um. But as far as the rest of it goes, I sort of just am like, man, it really could be anybody. Well, we have Ariel. It's not Greer. Greer's still here. Brooklyn. Yep. We have Kat. I feel like those three are all pretty like. A hundred percent. I don't know out of those three. I don't either. Who else? Charity. Charity Charity also is up there because Zach had a really great time with her. So those are four people and we already know that it's Katie and Gabby. So which of those four is going? Yeah, I have no idea. It is wild. It's fun. I was so I remember first episode I told you I was worried that like we were gonna know right out of the gate who he was into. And now I'm like, ooh, you're playing with fire, my guy. Like I hope that you <laughs> have not set up. It is interesting too to hear in the preview that he told Jesse that there would be no sex in the fantasy suites, which, you know, fair move. To each your own. Yeah. Um, though I personally would not buy a car without test driving it. So I don't know. Not that women are cars. Jesus. I'm not trying to say that, but just like, I don't know. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, but he clearly gets into some trouble there. So I don't know. Or I maybe just, just like, sleep he, with the person that you plan on picking. Right. But Zach does seem to be in a little bit of trouble in terms of like, I wonder if Zach even has an idea of who he's picking. Um so, it, I mean, I think setting the no sex rule will be interesting. And, you know, if he adheres to it, good for him because that will keep him out of trouble. But also part of me wonders if he just has to have that rule because he doesn't know who he's going to end up with in the end. <laughs> That's messy. Yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting point. Does Zach not know who he's going to end up with? Or does Zach know and he's just playing the part of The Bachelor so well? Right, and it's not like there's cameras in the fantasy suites. I mean, they can just say that and then still have sex. So, I mean, saying something doesn't necessarily mean that that's what's happening anyway. So, right. And you're right. He has been so performative. So, who knows? What a mind fuck. Oh, my God. I'm actually excited for the end. At least as of right now. <laughs> okay, so we have the rose uh, ceremony. And before we have a little cocktail party... And is it, does Charity grab Catherine to talk to her? Yeah, that's at the cocktail party. Yeah. And so um, Catherine doesn't apologize. She says, like, I'm not sorry for what I did, but they, like, start talking through it. And then Brooklyn kind of inserts herself. Right. Which I'm like. Under the pretense that she doesn't think Kat's going to apologize. Again, you said your, you said your shit. Many times. Allow Charity to have this conversation, and if she needs to say something, she will say something. She's a grown-ass woman. Absolutely. Like, it is too much, like, 
okay, you're taking it too far. You're not allowing charity to speak for yourself. And now you're actually kind of making it about you, Brooklyn. Like yeah. this is no longer about charity. This is your vendetta against Kat. And it's getting in the way of charity getting any kind of resolution, especially because Kat was just like sick of Brooklyn shit at that point and walked away. And honestly, I understand where Kat's coming from. Yeah, I probably would have been like, I'm not going to talk to this girl. Yeah, because Brooklyn was not trying to come at it from... There's nothing reasonable to say to Brooklyn. No, and it wasn't like... She wasn't trying to reconcile. She wasn't trying to get anything out at the end. She just wanted to keep hounding Kat. Oh, she came in hot. hot. Oh, way hot. Um, so Catherine goes. She's complaining to a producer. And then Zach walks in and... She, Hi. That was so funny. <laughs> switch flipped (laughs) yeah and I'm really sad for charity because I do feel like you know at the end of the day at this point now that it's sort of all played out I understand why Kat did what she did but also there's consequences yeah and like sure you may not be sorry but that also doesn't change the fact like you probably didn't intend to hurt somebody's feelings so you should apologize for that and take accountability you know and that also means not necessarily saying well but I don't regret what I did. Just say you're sorry for the things you need to say you're sorry for. I did it for these reasons. I realize it impacted you, and I'm sorry that it hurt your feelings. Yeah, I'll be more mindful in the future, or maybe she won't. I don't know. I did have a thought, like, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. What if Catherine had been like, hey, Charity, do you mind if I still Zach for a second? I don't know. Does that almost make it worse? I don't know. I don't think it makes it worse, but I do think, I mean, it does put Charity in a tricky position, but she is recognizing it's Charity's time. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe even if she said, hey, Charity, I'm really sorry. I just need to talk to Zach for one second. Yeah, just acknowledge that you are taking someone else's time instead of like... What you know, we we've talked about how what she did is very self-serving and their strategy behind that and tra la la. But there is probably maybe a nicer way to do it where you recognize, hey, I realize I'm about to do this thing and it's your time. But like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I was trying to think like, what is the way that she could have done it better if she was going to do it? Soften the blow by definitely running like saying that she's sorry to charity. I think also it's kind of this weird thing. And I, it, it's actually, I, this is a lesson that's been really hard for me to learn is that two things can be true and two people can be right. And what you feel is in fact what you feel. And having to navigate that in relationships, whether it be friendships or, you know, romantic relationships, It can be really, I think everybody's default is I need to be right. And if somebody else is saying that I did something that hurt them, they're saying I did something wrong and they're attacking me. And the reality of it is, is like that person that said you hurt them is really just looking for an apology and like some sort of um, recognition, recognition that that hurt, even if that wasn't your intention, you did. It doesn't mean that Kat has to like you know, regret pulling Zach. She doesn't, but it doesn't, but it does mean that she needs to recognize that that wasn't, you know, that hurt charity. And that's, that's kind of a a nuanced, harder thing to understand. And I think I definitely didn't get that when I was in my twenties around their age, that was really hard for me and actually cost me thousands of dollars in therapy to learn, you know, like to have those harder conversations and to recognize like when two people are not like, both people can be right or both people can be wrong. It doesn't really matter. Like you have to speak to what people are feeling and knowing how to do that is hard. Yes. And, you know, you don't, we're not born with it. I don't think that good communication skills are modeled in relationships. No. Um, and so like you wouldn't just know that. You have to actively work on it. And I don't know if anybody's old enough to have gotten to that point where they do have to work on it. So it's hard. I feel for these women and I just want to sit down and be like, okay, here's how we're going to hash this out. <laughs> we can be adults and everybody can feel better about this. The Bachelor should hire you. Oh, yeah. You could do one of those group dates where it's like everyone's sitting in a circle. I can pretend to be a therapist. Like yeah. I have credentials. Yeah, because I think most of the time the therapists on the show are pretending. Oh, my God. Like that psycho 
therapist. On Clayton season yeah. with uh, Genevieve? Yes. I was like, she started talking like, there is no way that this is ethical. This yeah. woman is not a practicing licensed anything. Yeah. So, or like when they have like Nick or someone come on and be like, let's talk about your trauma. Yeah, we're going to sit in a circle, all <laughs> stare at each other, tell us the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Go. I can do that. Yeah. I should do this. No, but I do want to be sympathetic to the fact that like I do think this is challenging. Um, I think Kat can be wrong. I think Brooklyn can be wrong. I think Charity, you know, trying to find her voice can be really difficult. I think that this is just a sticky, messy situation and it's a good reminder to like not be so quick to judge people that we see on TV. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But still a mess. Um, Brooklyn didn't help. <laughs> Well, before we do our drama rating, I just want to circle back. Let's pick our new top four, even though it doesn't change our original top four, but just because I think this is an interesting point to, you know. Yeah. Um, who do you, who, who are your new top four? Okay. Katie, Gabby. Ariel and Charity. Okay. Um, mine haven't changed except for Bailey, who went home real early. <laughs> okay. Well, who is your original top four? So I've got Charity, Katie, and Gabby. Damn, you were good. Ugh. But I don't know. I'm kind of I'm 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 faltering on Charity a little bit, mostly because, to my mind, I guess at this point. Kat and Ariel seem like they might have really good connections with Zach too. And I just don't know. That's so fair. I guess if I had to like, I guess I would maybe take Charity out and swap in um, Ariel and then in replacement of Bailey, Kat. That's a good list. But that's also wishful thinking because as much as Ariel would be an awesome bachelorette for me, I still hold true to my original of like, I think Charity would be a really fun bachelorette. So I would be happy with either. For sure. There's some really great women. Um, anyway. My original top four was Katie, Greer, Bailey, and Ariel. So Katie and Ariel are holding strong. I'm pretty sure Greer is going to go home any minute. <laughs> oh Greer, Greer, <laughs> woo, girl. Or if she goes on a one-on-one, she's going to go home on the one-on-one. Do you think she'll get it? We haven't had a two-on-one. Oh, who would they pair her with, though? Well, it depends on if this drama with Kat oh, blows up further. Because it could because, be Kat in Brooklyn. Because it could be Kat in Brooklyn. Or, no, no, no. It could be, I think it could end up being Greer. Oh, they like to pit women against each other who have actual conflict. Yeah. It could be Kat in Brooklyn. Ooh. Yeah. We should make a small bat. <laughs> I hate those two-on-ones. Those need to go. Yeah, they're kaka. They are. That's miserable. Anyway, I don't know. Greer's probably just going to like not get a one-on-one -on -one and just go home. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, it's a waste of a one-on-one -on -one at this point. I feel like it is. All right. Drama rating. Oof. I'm going to go and just give it a two. <laughs> yeah. Pretty low-key drama. I mean, there was drama. Like, Jess went home. She was sad. And then we have the Charity Catherine Brooklyn dilemma. But all in all, it was all very predictable and tame. It's not like Shanae showing up at the after party and throwing the winning the team trophy, trophy into the bushes. No. Man, I would love a, a minute like that. <laughs> right? I know. Give us a Shanae. I mean, this season's been good. But when you say that, I'm like, this... It has been pretty tame overall. Or Shrimpgate. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of that that's missing. Zach was not wrong. This has not been a dramatic season. Good connections. Yeah. Good kissing. Lots of kissing. Zach likes to kiss. Yeah, but I could do with some more drama. I mean, what is the highest been? Has our highest, what was our highest rating of five? Yeah. Okay. And at this moment, what was that even for? This has also been such a kind of a... a, a oh, it was the Christina. Christina. Only because she had that massive meltdown. Yeah. Help me, help me, help me, help me. Like, okay, Zach, we are challenging you to give us a drama rating of at least a seven before the season's over. Yeah. Can you imagine? I would love that. 
Seven. Seven. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with you. It's a two. It's a bug in somebody's face. <laughs> yeah. Womp womp. Yeah, bummer time. But, um, well, I'm glad that Zach doesn't have COVID and we had a little bit more drama to discuss. But other than that. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head kind of saying that these episodes start to get a little bit more serious. And I think we're a little more invested. So it stops being as like gleefully fun and yeah. more just like, oh, my God. It's like less messy fun and more like. You're just sort of like watching from behind the covers, hoping that, you exactly. know, everybody gets it right and nobody comes out too scathed. Higher stakes. Yeah. I don't want anybody to be hurting. Not even Greer. Greer needs to go. But like, I, I kind of like everybody. I, I do like all of the women left to some extent. Me too. I don't have any major issues. I just don't want to see anybody get crushed. And there's all these little moments where I'm worried that that's. I mean, it is going to happen. It's got to, and it's going to start happening fast. Well, I mean, I wasn't surprised Allie went home, and I'm not going to be surprised when Greer goes home, but with everyone left, I'm like, well, shit, I don't know who's going home. And I think whoever does go home is going to be really, blindsided. really blindsided and hurt by it because Zach has really just talked up all of their relationships to them and has had really... <laughs> you know what phase we're about to get into? Where we get into everyone saying, I think I'm falling in love with you. I'm actually surprised we haven't heard that yet. That's fair. Because it comes along fast. But that's that has to be like next episode, right? Yeah. If these women don't start saying that, that's also going to be how Zach decides how to send people home as if they're not communicating to him that they're falling in love. Guys, not in falling love. in love is different. You're not in love. You're just falling in love. You know what I mean? Do you Different. buy that? No, I was just making fun okay. of it. Okay. <laughs> no, I make fun of it too, but I just like, I figured I should ask before I start. No. I mean. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I think that's stupid. Like, mm. you're in love or you're not. Yeah. I think it's just the safe way of saying it. You can be in lust and you can be Twitter pated and you can have butterflies. Do you think maybe that's more what they're getting at? Yeah. Like that they're just feeling the right feels and they don't want to say, well, I would really like to have sex. And we'll see where it goes. But they have to say, I'm falling in love, which means the door is definitely open. I have not caught the ick. Well, I was also thinking about, I think I fell in love in my 20s. But it's interesting on in how you age and mature in relationships, how your perception of love changes. And Big so time. I'm not saying I wasn't in love in my 20s, but it wasn't a healthy love about a partnership with somebody it was like entirely based on like physical attraction yeah I think for me it was not necessarily physical attraction but sort of how I was able to feel around those people but not in a way more in a selfish way not in a way that like it, it was made about me your better. relationship together. Yeah, it was just, oh, I like who I am when I'm around this person. So it was kind of like in a weird way being more in love with myself than like, like what you got out, out of it. it. Yeah, than necessarily like a mutual respect and, you know, give and take. And yeah, my perception of love is vastly different now. Yeah. And so I'm not saying that they're not in love. I just think, I guess love is such an interesting word because. It can mean so many different things. It can. And this happens so fast. And when you see a lot of the relationships that come out of these shows not succeed, I think you can have a lot of fondness and affection for people and that still not be love. And a lot of very intense, deep emotions. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. And I realize it's just part of the show, right? To say that at some point. So Yeah. And you have to communicate that some way tactfully <laughs> that's appropriate for television. Don't is, be Clayton. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, not a good move. You do not, the women can tell Zach that they love him yeah. or that they're falling in love, but Zach had better be very, very careful uh, as he progresses because that's the line where it's like, oh boy, we don't know. I'm not sure these women know. Do you even know? So like, mind your P's and Q's. Do not say something to multiple women. And by something, I mean do not tell them you love them. I think, I, I don't know if this is right, but I think Ben um, Higgins was the first bachelor that I can remember that said, um, I love you to two women. And then after that happened, it started happening more. And so in those instances, it's like, 
do you actually have the capacity to love two people the same and not know which one you're going to pick? Or is it just like you're caught up in the moment and they say it and you feel awkward not saying it back? Or you know what I mean? Like that's all very fascinating to me. I actually do think you can probably love multiple people and I think that that plays into – I don't know. There's a lot. This is a heavy topic, but you know, monogamy and all of that. But I do think as humans, we are capable of loving multiple people. But you also have to enter into contractual agreements with people. And, you know, by and large, people want monogamy. And so, right. Like, you they, know, they're picking one, one winner. Per, right. And so, to that end, you do kind of have to figure it out. But I do think it's actually possible in these situations, personally, to be in love with multiple people. I think it's possible to love multiple people. I don't know if it's possible to love I I I guess my thing is is like I almost think it would be impossible not to know who you were going to pick. And so if you know who you're going to pick, I just wouldn't tell the other person that I love them. Even if I did feel that emotion, I feel like it would be more hurtful for them when I know I'm not going to end up with them. Oh, yeah. I think that's really smart. And I think that it is absolutely something that these leads get caught up in and why they become unlikable is because they're so focused on them as the main character, they forget that they are dealing with real life people. Um, but also, did you watch Ari season? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I don't know, man. It It's complicated. It is. And I, I don't know. I don't. I personally don't want to judge anybody too hard on that front. And I understand why people, you know, but love is so subjective. Who the fuck knows? And like, it really is different, I think, for everybody, even slightly or more so. It just, it varies. But I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky one. The show, maybe we can have some episodes in the off season where we talk about love as it relates to The Bachelor and how it's portrayed versus like how we've seen it play out in real life. Okay. I like that. I don't know. I think there's some cool topics we could get deeper into about The Bachelor that aren't necessarily about each like season and the people, but just sort of overall themes. And that I do think is a really interesting one. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Lots of things we could cover. Yeah. Anyways, we digress. Sorry, we've... um... We've kept you here for a while. If you're still here, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Um, Yeah. We're at episode six. We've got what... Five more episodes, six more episodes. Are we halfway? 11 or 12? I think we're a little over halfway. Nice. And then we also have the tell-all. Sometimes that can be really juicy and sometimes that can be the worst episode. There's not really a lot in between. It's It's usually terrible or it's great. Yeah. We'll see. Paradise this year, the, 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 the get together was really fun. So that's true. Maybe we'll have another good tell all. I don't know. Hoping for the best. Always. But until next time, people. We love you. Bye. Bye. Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Mandy Booth and Jessica Brumba. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumba. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. 